0: So did you see all of the NFL players' tweets this past weekend, you know, basically just bashing the NFL and their lack of communication with the players surrounding the start of the NFL season and and COVID and the protocols and everything?
1: They're, they just weren't prepared for this, the NFL. They were prepared for COVID to be in a much better place by this time of the year. That was the expectation if you go back and you look at what the NFL was saying in March and April like they were sort of expecting things to be in a much better place across the country and in fact it's worse than it ever has been so I understand the players frustration and I'm I'm confused with the NFL to be honest, because the NFL, one thing they've done well is just constantly be consistent as a sports league. That's why they're the number one sport in this country right now. And it seems like they're extremely disorganized and not really handling this in the best way.
0: Yeah. And that's definitely apparent with what we've seen on Twitter, especially, you know, on Sunday when all of the players were tweeting. And I guess that just puts, you know, the NFL season at jeopardy, which would, You know just be an absolute tragedy um i saw a couple tweets saying that the nfl season could be delayed till october like the start of the season so we'd have to wait another month um instead of the september start date so who knows what's going on with that but at this point i think there's probably like a 50 50 chance that you know football either gets delayed or canceled outright uh, depending on how this covid stuff all progresses in the next two months
1: i mean like from a mental health perspective i don't know if i could handle the nfl season not happening like <laughs> i know some of you out there like joey i know you're looking forward to nba dfs and mlb uh, dfs coming up like that is not my thing like i need the nfl to happen you know all the players were tweeting hashtag we want to play okay well we want to gamble can we hashtag that like that's what i need right now i need to gamble on some football and Delay it till October if you need to. Just please do not cancel it. (laughs) I don't know if I would make it through. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 78 of the DFS Dose Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Hover, as always, joined by Joey Carrion. On today's show, we're going to be discussing six players that we've come around to. Six players that we've changed our mind on, if you will. Nothing wrong with adapting to new information, right? Having new thoughts as situations become more clear with time. Are we walking back our takes? i prefer to say that some of our old takes are evolving. So, with that being said, and with that being on the docket for today... Before we get into anything, of course, Joey, I mean, I need you to tell the people how they can support the
0: podcast. As always, you can support the DFS Dose by subscribing or following us on every major podcast platform, which includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Podcast Addict, if you are an Android. And then as we announced last week, we have our new website up and running, so you can go ahead and check that out at thedfsdose.com. And then you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the DFS Dose as well to keep up with the latest news clips and takes from the DFS Dose. And then you can see all of that on the website, like I just mentioned. And, you know, I have a, I have a quick little quick little story for you, Ben. So yeah. this past weekend, I was at Turning Stone with, you know, two of our friends and I was wearing our new DFS Dose T-shirt, which you can go buy on the DFS Dose website uh, right now for 1999 so I was you ain't, wearing
1: you don't ha- have to get dressed up like that for turning stone.
0: Yeah, so I was wearing it. And I mean, I ended up losing a couple hundred dollars, so I wasn't pretty <laughs> lucky, but yeah, so I was wearing the DFS Dose shirt, fits well, nice and clean, black shirt with green the DFS Dose. And you know, I had a guy ask me about it and you know, I explained to him and he really didn't understand because he was an older guy, <laughs> but yeah, if you want to support us, go ahead, go on the store. At dot go buy a shirt. We have uh mediums, largest, extra largest, nineteen ninety nine. So
1: and, and while Joey may have lost a couple hundred dollars, I'll say I was wearing my shirt walking down the street, right? And I saw a, a penny on the ground and I picked that up. So maybe the luck thing is still in flux. Like maybe it's good luck, maybe it's not. So what you should do is just go buy a shirt and find out for yourself, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, didn't work out for me, but it might work out for everybody else
1: yeah yeah 100 100 joey why don't you kick us off why don't you tell me about a player that you've come around to uh since you know the beginning of time since the beginning of the podcast since earlier this season even
0: yeah so 78 episodes in now and there's been one player that you know i really have have dissed mm. severely have never really came around to this player But I think with the additions that his team has made this year and just the overall talent of the team, he will actually have a pretty good season. And that is Joe Mixon. How do you feel about that?
1: Wow, Joe Mixon. I never thought I would hear you say those words, to be honest. I mean, you've called him like a Le'Veon Bell wannabe in the past, I seem to recall. You said some disparaging things about this young man. I mean, I've always liked Joe Mixon personally so so what is it that's uh changed your mind about him
0: i think the the additions that the Bengals have made to their offense dramatically increases their potential as an offense i think they're one of the more talented offensive units in the nfl um with joe burrow at the helm now and aj green coming back they drafted t higgins zach taylor the head coach is going into his second year and i think the reason joe mixon's production has suffered in the past is because of the lack of talent on the Bengals offense with the addition of the talent and the addition of some of their key offensive linemen coming back i you know i think i think he's gonna have a good season this year so came around to him i think he can easily be a top five running back for fantasy in 2020, and you know, there there's my stamp on Joe Mixon, my stamp of approval uh about three years later. So
1: for me, Joe Mixon, I've actually been steadily moving down my rankings uh in this this off season for two reasons. One, the holdout. It hasn't really been talked about. Like all of the NFL news is so like COVID-centric right now, and like what's gonna happen with training camp, preseason games, etc. It's like this story has really been taken away from the public you know. forefront, is whether or not Joe Mixon still plans to hold out or not. I mean, I haven't heard anything on the subject in months. So that's one reason I've been a little skeptical of taking Joe Mixon with a first round pick or a back end of the second round pick. And he doesn't really make it to the back end of the second round. So he is a first round pick at this point, usually going about RB7, RB8. I, I mean, I liked him to go right behind that Alvin Kamara tier, right up there with like, you know, Derrick Henry, Miles Sanders, Kenyon Drake in that tier. I think that he has shown it. He's had over 1,100 yards in two straight years rushing, you know, uh, about 300 yards receiving in each of his three seasons. So he's a dual threat player. If it weren't for a holdout, I would be very into him. The second thing that's giving me pause is just the shortened offseason. All this COVID stuff and and how Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor are going to function in Taylor's second year and Burrow's first year in the league. I mean, all the weapons is very encouraging, but you know we just don't know what it's going to look like for rookie quarterbacks coming into this shortened season. So that is one reason that I'm just a little bit unsure about the Bengals offense in general. But I also would not be surprised to see Joe Mixon be a top eight fantasy running back. So it's just sort of a spot where I'm just, like, waiting to see more information, I guess, right now? I mean, do you have any concerns with, you know, Burrow coming in and being immediately, you know, a high producer?
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, we've seen, you know, our fair share of rookie quarterbacks come in and struggle off, you know, the rip, which is obviously concerning. And then, like you mentioned, with all the COVID stuff and, you know, not having enough time to prepare, but they are starting OTAs this week I believe actually or one of these days coming up so you know they'll have a month and a half to get prepared for the season and I think Joe Burrow is one of the best quarterbacks to come out in the last five years and I think he could produce right away with the Bengals so I'm not too worried about Joe Burrow but there's obviously some risk involved in the Bengals offense in general as they are one of the more dysfunctional organizations that we've seen over the last 20 years in the nfl so all
1: right let's move on here i'm gonna talk about a player that i've hated on i'll be honest i've hated on him but i'm super high on him this year and that is Kenyon drake arizona mm. cardinals running back got traded from miami to arizona halfway through last year played eight games with the cardinals in that span Average just over 15 attempts per game, 3.5 receptions per game, and a full touchdown per game. I'm not a big fan of extrapolating averages over a full season to determine, you know, what a player's quote-unquote pace would be for a season. But if you were to do that with Drake, you know, that pace would put him right about at 300 combined touches, over 50 receptions on the season, 16 touchdowns. He was the RB four in points per game from week nine on last year. After going to the Cardinals, Joey. I mean, wh- what are you thinking here? I mean, Kenyon Drake. I've got him as my running back five right now, ahead of Dalvin Cook, ahead of Joe Mixon. I'm-, I'm super high on him.
0: You know, I think we have to go into the DFS dose vault uh, one time and get <laughs> where you are just talking the um the most amount of just absolute nonsense that i've ever heard you spew <laughs> oh, no. on this podcast play the clip
1: oh god Kenyon drake okay he's going at about 42nd overall he never had more than 15 carries in a game last year that's in a full healthy 16 game season his strength is the passing game, and this is .5 PPR. I personally just have no interest in taking him at RB22 when you know I could get (laughs) Tariq Cohen at RB26 or James White at RB27. I look at both of them as better versions of Kenyon Drake, and I wouldn't be shocked to see Kalen Balaj overtake him as the primary rusher on this team. I wouldn't be shocked to see Kalen Balaj overtake him as the primary rusher on this team. Kalen Balaj overtake him as the primary rusher on this team.
0: That clip, Ben, <laughs> that clip is, is is disrespectful. So for all the listeners out there, that was probably, you know, at the oh beginning of last season, so 20, 30 episodes ago, where I've always been high on Kenyan Drake, so so I like that you're coming around to him. But you compared it, not even compared, you said Kalen Balak, <laughs> one of the worst running backs that I've ever seen in my life would uh, be the starter over Kenyan Drake. Like, I don't know if, I don't know if you can come back from that, honestly.
1: Wow. I wish I, I wish I had known we were doing that. I would have gone back and found some Joe Mixon, uh, sound clips on, on your behalf. That was good though. You know, listen though, it's a different situation though, right? Like it, you're right. Saying that with Kalen Balazs was pure disrespect might've been embellishing a little just cause I like to go hard on this podcast, but The thing is, is it's just totally different. You know, Miami was a garbage team and a garbage offense for the entirety of the time that Kenyon Drake was on that team. Now he's in Arizona in a system that is proven to be pretty running back friendly with Cliff Kingsbury. And I'm pretty bullish on this offense taking another step forward with this young coaching staff having another year of experience. Kyler Murray entering his second season. The addition of Hopkins only serves to make this offense better to score more points. So, yeah, you know, Drake is my RB5. I'm higher on him than consensus. A lot of the times you'll find him going, you know, at the top of the second round. I think that that's one of the best picks you can make this year. I'm willing to uh willing to walk back my Kenyon Drake. Hate. I am.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think he's going to be a top 10 running back easily for fantasy. Has overall running back one potential in that Cardinals offense where he really excelled. Last year has pass game ability, um, so so I think he's a great pick, and I, I like that take. So
1: all right, Joey, give me your next guy.
0: All right, so my next guy. Speaking of Miami, Jordan Howard. Now I know that's not pretty pick. It's not a superstar player. He's just a solid running back, and I've been on record saying that Jordan Howard is trash or whatever, and you know he doesn't have any receiving work, which he doesn't. But going to Miami, he's going to be the starting running back, and I think he has an opportunity to have a bounce back season. We saw him have two 1,000 yard seasons to start out his career in Chicago, and then he's had a couple of mediocre seasons. Uh, the last two, one with Philly, um, but had a had a bad year in a timeshare with Miles Sanders, who is obviously a very talented running back, but. He went to Miami. I think the Dolphins offense will be better than last season. Um, We saw the Dolphins offense improve immensely over the last six or seven games of last season. So that's pretty encouraging. And the big thing for me is that there's just touches available in that backfield. Um, there, they have Matt Breda who they traded for, but we know he has a history of injuries that we have to be concerned about. And who knows? He might not even make it the full season as the backup running back. And if that's the case, then Jordan Howard will easily, you know, be a solid RB2 for 2020. And then, they have Patrick Laird there, you know our our Laird and Savior, right? Mm-hmm. But let's be real here. It's Patrick Laird. He's not really a threat out of the backfield.
1: Dang, um, you just coming yeah. for him like that out of nowhere.
0: Yeah, I'll be the one to say he's not. He's not really a threat. He he's he's okay in the passing game. But other than that, you know, he's not a threat to Jordan Howard's starting role. And I think the Dolphins brought in Howard to be the starting running back so he's one running back that i am you know coming coming on board with for 2020
1: i like it i like it um to me jordan howard is the type of player who i would only draft in a best ball format i don't think i would mm-hmm. take him in redraft or like like a standard season long type league just because he has no floor right like no pass game floor whatsoever patrick laird yeah he's average he's just another guy but he is going to siphon pass catching work away from Jordan Howard. Even Matt Breed is a much better pass catcher, I would say, than Jordan Howard. But like you said, two seasons with over 1,100 rushing yards to start his career. He's only 25 years old. He's had, you know, pretty good touchdown numbers. He's, able to get in the red zone, you know, six touchdowns as a rookie, nine touchdowns each of the next two seasons with Chicago. I wish he was on a better team because I think if he were on a good team that was going to be in the red zone a lot, he would be able to be that type of player who has pretty average week-to-week numbers, but maybe gets 10 or 11 touchdowns in a season. I don't know what this Dolphins offense is going to look like with another year of Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, I'm not personally expecting Tua Tengavailoa to really touch the field at all this season. If he did, that would be a different story, I think. But, you know, Howard is still the type of player who can get a touchdown. He can punch it in when they get down there. It's just a matter of if they're going to be getting down there in the red zone enough.
0: Yeah, for sure. And then just with the point about, you know the Dolphins offense in general. We know that Ryan Fitzpatrick just likes to air it out. So there, there's definitely some scoring potential with the offense. And, you know, he doesn't really care. He's going to throw it up no matter what. And if they get down to the goal line, Jordan Howard is definitely their goal line back. And as you mentioned, he's had good, good touchdown numbers in each of his four years in the NFL, seven plus touchdowns total in each and every season so far in his career. And I just came around to him. I think he, I think he could be a solid pick. He's being drafted as the RB35 in leagues right now, so just at the back end of a R RB3. And I think he could uh, outperform that easily if he's the starter for 16 games. So
1: Yeah, he I would definitely pick him over Matt Breida personally. So I'm on board with it. I'm on board with it. Um, let's move on here, and I'm going to talk about a quarterback, a man by the name of Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater. Now, here's the thing. I believe Teddy Bridgewater is the epitome of the acronym JAG. Just another guy. I don't think that he is a great quarterback. I don't think he's a great talent. I think that his gruesome injury and return to the field has really endeared him to a lot of people. And I think that he's more of like a story than he is an actual talent at the quarterback position. That being said... You know, I recently had Teddy Bridgewater ranked as my 28th quarterback. I moved him up significantly. I realized that I was just being a little bit disrespectful. So I've got him slotted in uh, right outside the top 20 at this point. For me, it was always the 6.2 air yards per attempt that he averaged. Just absolutely atrocious. No downfield throwing whatsoever occurring when he was with the Saints. I mean, he didn't really show that to be a quality of his back in the Vikings days either. You know, however, I, I've i really come around to the idea that Bridgewater is going to be airing it out a little bit more now under their new OC, Joe Brady and head coach Matt Rule. You know, Rule suggested in a recent interview that they're just going to be airing the ball out. You know, that's how they built their team. They've got DJ Moore, who's a great yards after the catch guy and can go deep when he needs to. They've got Curtis Samuel, who they're going to continue to develop as a deep threat. You know, Robbie Anderson, that's his bag. The deep ball, right? And then, you know, they even improve at the tight end position from an aging, old, decrepit Greg Olson to the young Ian Thomas, who I think has a little bit of upside as well. So I haven't even mentioned fantasy football's number one asset in Christian McCaffrey and what he can do to boost the quarterback numbers, right? So I do think that there's some reason to like Teddy this year. Um, Truthfully, Joey, I think the biggest obstacle to Teddy Bridgewater succeeding for a full 16 games is that he has XFL superstar PJ Walker breathing down his neck, waiting to steal his starting role at a moment's notice? Uh, I mean, how do you feel about that?
0: Yeah, I wouldn't say he's breathing down his neck, but no, you, you know, we're we all love PJ Walker, and if he gets a shot at the starting quarterback job, if Teddy goes down or you know something happens with him and PJ Walker gets a crack at it, I don't know if he'll give it up. I mean, you were actually
1: there for the moment I decided to change my mind on Teddy Bridgewater. We were in a drafters tournament draft, and I noticed that you were setting yourself up potentially for a stack there, had DJ Moore in the early rounds, and I, you know, proceeded to draft Robbie Anderson, Ian Thomas, and Teddy Bridgewater with my next three straight picks really just to snipe you. That was the only reason I did it is because I thought it was funny. And then I started thinking about it more and, and, you know, I kind of liked it and I'm going to continue to attack that stack. I think throughout the coming weeks.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think we talked about it on a previous podcast or, you know, just playing cod or whatever, but um, I mean, I, I like Teddy Bridgewater as a quarterback. I think he is a solid starting quarterback in the NFL. I think it was a good signing for the Panthers um, he was one of the most efficient quarterbacks last season in the five or six games that he started for an injured Drew Brees. Um, great completion percentage, like you mentioned. And then you went through all their players. So they're loaded, you know, at, at every position essentially with, with great talent. Uh, so I think Teddy Bridgewater will have a pretty good fantasy year and a good real life year. I wouldn't be surprised if he, leads the Panthers to the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I mean there's there's not much competition in that division with the aging Tom Brady for the Bucks. That that's obviously they're not going to the playoffs.
0: Alright, buddy. Yeah. They're going to the Super Bowl. Oh,
1: oh, gotcha. You, gotcha. You. Okay. Why yeah, don't that, you give that's us easy. Uh, <laughs> why don't you give us your final uh, guy that you've come around on?
0: Yeah, so I guess for me this this segment is just you know I, I I'm coming around on guys that I've just talked immense shit about. So if anybody's listened over the last, you know, over the last season especially, you would know that this player, you know, I've talked a lot of crap about him, especially in terms of DraftKings when you were hyping him up every single week. That player, Tyler Boyd. How do you feel about that?
1: Wow. I mean, we don't really talk about it, man. I I just wish Jimmer was here to give his opinion on that because that was his boy. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you really flayed Tyler Boyd on a week-to-week basis. I mean, I, w- I was sort of like toe the line about my Tyler Boyd feelings. You know, I, I kind of liked him. I played him more than I should have definitely last year. But, I mean, if you look at his numbers, he had a good season last year.
0: Yeah, 90 catches over 1,000 yards. Well, like five touchdowns last year. He's being drafted as the wide receiver 31, you know, across multiple sites. Like I mentioned when talking about Joe Mixon, I'm just I'm higher than most with the Bengals offense this year. I mean, I talked about them a couple episodes ago, like a month and a half ago when we did the NFL win totals that we liked and the Bengals over, you know, four wins was one of my locks. So, I mean, I've just come around to the idea that the Bengals offense is just going to be one of one of the best in the AFC. And I think they could surprise some people. I guess my uh, Joe Burrow bias is showing a little bit because I think he's going to come in and, and be a really productive rookie. I mean, we just talked about how that could not be the case. But I personally believe that he'll come in and be more productive than, you know, Andy Dalton and that one scrub. I can't even remember his name who they play like. Oh, Ryan Finley think yeah i think he'll come in and you know be more productive than Ryan Finley well, let's let's be real here but yeah Tyler Boyd 148 targets last year 90 catches um 1000 yards so he's had two straight 1000 yard seasons and i think he'll be the number one option for Tyler Boyd on uh, this coming season so there there's me going going back on tyler boyd um now come the nfl season and time to play him in DraftKings, and when he's 7700 or 7100 in your cap in hard body form <laughs> then we might have an issue but for now in july when we're you know doing our redraft and our best ball leagues and dynasty leagues i like tyler boyd in the in the wide receiver three range
1: well we haven't really talked about this on the podcast i don't think but i'm actually on team aj green this year you know considering that they're both you know really going back to back essentially and especially on drafters they will go within like five picks of each other in every single draft and the thing about tyler boyd is like those targets are coming down those targets have to be coming down i mean last season they were playing with what Auden tate And some other guy who I can't remember out there. I know John Ross had some spot starts, but he missed a lot of time. You know, this offense has so many improvements, especially to the wide receiver position. I mean, you know, Tyler Boyd's just not going to dominate targets like that. If A.J. Green is back healthy, if John Ross is healthy, if T. Higgins turns into anything early. Like, I just, I don't know. I think those targets are going to come way down. I think the scoring of the offense could go up, which might, you know, offset that. Maybe his touchdowns come up from five to, you know, the, you know, seven or eight range, I think is realistic for him. But yeah, I just, I'm not sure. I think that he might've seen peak volume uh, for the type of player that he is last year.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I can agree with that, but I can also say that with AJ green coming back, I think that will open up things, you know, more for Tyler Boyd Mm -hmm. as he won't be looked at as the Bengals wide receiver one to opposing defenses and yeah he might not get 148 targets but like 148 targets he had 90 catches so 58 missed opportunities last year and i gotta have to we like we have to think that at least you know 60 to 70 percent of those were because of just Terrible quarterback play last year. So even if the targets come down, I think the efficiency will rise in the Bengals' offense with the addition of AJ Green back and Joe Burrow coming in as the number one overall pick for Cincinnati. He'll score a couple more touchdowns and he'll be a solid. Wide receiver, two for fantasy this year, in in my opinion.
1: That's fair. That's fair. I I like it. I do think that maybe I should send you, like, a Bengals jersey or something after all this Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow, Tyler Boyd talk. I mean, I love
0: me some Joe Burrow, so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Send me your size after the podcast. All right. Last guy for today and I'm actually really interested to hear your thoughts on this because I don't know if we've ever even like talked about this player so I don't know how you feel about it interested to find out this is a player that I've really stayed away from until maybe the last two weeks or so and then just I I had a revelation just looking at some numbers doing some projections and I just realized that wow I am way way too low on this player and it's F1 Terry McLaurin so here's the thing Terry McLaurin was basically a Week 17 concussion away from breaking the 1,000-yard mark as a rookie wide receiver. He finished with 58 receptions. 919 yards and 7 touchdowns, finished as the wide receiver 29 in fantasy last year, and he missed 2 games. Right, He did that as a rookie in 14 games. So, the thing that's really been drawing me more and more to McLaurin as of late is the possibility that he's just going to get peppered with an absurd amount of targets in 2020. The Redskins just lost Calvin Harmon to an ACL. He was supposed to be the Washington football team's projected wide receiver 2 coming into the season. So, if you look at this, roster. There are no competition for targets for McLaurin. They've got Steven Sims and Cody Latimer as the other top wide receivers on the team. Two players that I could not be less worried about. In terms of drawbacks for McLaurin, I think it really comes down to Dwayne Haskins and his ability to elevate the talent around him. I don't think Dwayne Haskins is all that. I'm not the biggest fan of him or what he's going to be able to do for this team. I think that Washington has really proved themselves to be an organizational disgrace on a lot of levels and a complete embarrassment to the NFL and have a really sorry excuse for what you would call team culture. And I think that that could be legitimately damaging to young players that they're trying to develop. Like you can just see that all the distraction around them right now. I mean, things going on with Washington off the field is the second biggest story in the NFL behind COVID right now. I mean, it has been for weeks. So for some of those reasons, I'm worried about the young players on this team. But if you just break down the numbers, and, and you look at where McLaurin is going in drafts, you know, right around pick 56, 57 in, in these drafters leagues, you know, he's going around guys like Cortland Sutton, Devontae Parker, DK Metcalf. I mean, I would be surprised if McLaurin didn't out target each and every one of those players. He should easily go over a thousand yards and, and just be that type of deep threat down the field wide receiver that can really just set some weeks on fire with, with just massive ceiling boom weeks I mean how do you feel about McLaurin
0: yeah I mean I agree with everything that you said and you know I actually tweeted about Terry McLaurin I don't know if you remember but you you actually responded to the, to the tweet so it was 20 days ago so July 2nd and my tweet says Terry McLaurin may or may not be the best receiver from last year's draft and is my favorite bet to jump into wide receiver one ter- territory for years to come so I mean I'm all aboard the Terry McLaurin train and I'll go as far as to say it that he is the best wide receiver from last year's class if you just go watch the tape on Terry McLaurin he, he incredible his route running is top 10 easily has some of the best hands in the NFL great speed he just has all of the attributes that you look for in an elite wide receiver the only concern like you brought up is Dwayne Haskins and if he can keep the Redskins offense even like even competitive like is he good enough to elevate McLaurin into the superstar status of wide receivers which I personally think he has the potential to be a superstar wide receiver in the NFL I don't know if that that's you know going too far you know with that with that take but yeah, I, lo- I love Terry McLaurin. I think he is one of the best, if not the best, young wide receiver in the NFL. So, uh, now that my you take. brought
1: that up, I do remember you tweeting that. And I, I re- in fact, remember what I responded to you. And, I, and it was something along the lines of, like, oh, so, like, what, Darius Slayton doesn't exist or something? Yeah, like, calling him yeah. the best wide receiver in last year's class, I think, is a little off-brand but i mean maybe it's not off-brand for you i mean you've always been sort of like in and out on darius slayton so i get where you're
0: coming from with that no shot (laughs) no no (laughs) chance because i responded to your response saying that darius slayton isn't included because he's already the best wide receiver of all time Mm. so okay there's that but yeah terry mclaurin great great young wide receiver and I wouldn't be surprised if he hits one 150 plus targets next year. Yeah. So
1: and, and to your point about Haskins, like he may not be the greatest quarterback, I think, but it does help again. Like we're going to keep talking about this, but I mean, how can you not like with the COVID stuff and the lack of like time for these players to build chemistry? I think it legitimately helps that mclaurin's been catching passes from haskins since college right like Mm -hmm. they they already have established chemistry they had it before they were ever on the same nfl team so i mean it can't be a negative like let's just at least say that like it it, i think it's a positive i don't know like to what degree but it certainly doesn't hurt so so that's i guess the last thing i'll say on that
0: yeah and i mean dwayne haskins i think could be in line for a significant improvement this year i mean he's been posting a lot of his workouts on ig he's committed to becoming a better quarterback and he already has some of the tools that you look for in a franchise quarterback big arm um he he can be very accurate uh he he was kind of inaccurate last year but he he does have good accuracy when given a good pocket Um, There's just some things that he needs to work on, like his footwork and, you know, not holding on to the ball too long. So if he can work on those things and put it all together, which, you know, it's looking like he he's dedicated to putting the time in. We could see some improvement in his game, which would uh, boost Terry McLaurin into wide receiver one territory.
1: Yeah. All right. I mean, said it all done it all. It's a good podcast. You know, got got the chance to address some of the takes that we've had for a long time. You know, come around on them. Uh, And, yeah, I think that's going to be it for Episode 78 of the DFS Dose Podcast. Thank you for listening. Like Joey said, at the top of the show, you can support the show by subscribing on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, wherever you get your podcasts. Visiting our website, thedfsdose.com. We have shirts for sale. uh, and, And my rankings are up there right now. We'll have more content coming, of course. And uh yeah, is there anything else we gotta say, Joey, before we get out of here?
0: Yeah, I mean just go on the website, go buy a you know, twenty dollar shirt, help support us. And you know, not not to be biased, but they are good shirts. So just go buy one, go rock it, go tell all your friends about it. I mean there is limited stock, so you know, don't get don't get too crazy listeners, but yeah, go to the website dfsdos.com, the dfsdos.com, I should say, and you know, look around, buy a shirt, Pete Ben's rankings. And I will say, MLB does start today when this podcast is released. Uh-huh. So I know you mentioned it earlier, but you might catch some something from me on my twitter if you're still listening about mlb and then nba starts in exactly a week from today and i can 100 percent say i will be doing nba content so
1: Mm, looking forward to it finally branching out from football i'm glad to see it happening
0: i'm not gonna say it but nba may or may not be the best dfs but Always got to respect the NFL because NFL is king so
1: yeah that's a fact but looking forward to seeing what you've got for the people in terms of NBA you can keep track of that like we've said about 30 times at the dfsdos.com and we will be back with another episode of the podcast next week and uh, we'll talk to you guys then.